Well, as I said, we're thinking about peace this, this evening, and um, I'm going to give a, a talk now about what the Bible says about Christmas peace. Right from when I was a boy, I've found Christmas really, really comforting. The kind of snuggling up inside in the warm, sheltering from the cold and the wet normally. Where I come from, it didn't ever snow at Christmas. It just rained. It was always dull. Um, homemade mince pies, homemade Christmas pudding, watching the snowman. Does anyone like watching the snowman? It's an amazing Christmas film, isn't it? That kind of comfort of Christmas. But it isn't just family and friends and all those nice things that we do around Christmas time that brings me comfort. It's the Christmas story itself. Because the story of Christmas, which we read earlier, is a story of peace in the midst of turmoil. The story doesn't start peacefully, does it? An aggressive superpower has imposed its will on the people, and Mary and Joseph have to make this really, really long, arduous journey as a result, despite Mary being pregnant. Instead of being warm and comfortable, the birth conditions would have been difficult and unpleasant. The shepherds in the story were definitely not warm and comfortable, more like exposed and cold and then probably frightened. And in our final reading, we saw Herod's fury and his violence, the exact opposite of peace. But it's the angel's words, that proclamation, that brings me comfort and that shows us peace in the midst of all that turmoil. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. The baby born in the town of David brings God's peace. And I found that deeply comforting as a child and I still do as an adult. Actually even more so right now because if there's anything our world needs. Anything the world needs most at the moment this Christmas is peace, isn't it? We need peace. We enter this Christmas time with so much war, as Janet referred to in her prayer, war in Ukraine, war in Israel and Gaza, not to mention the many other conflicts which are happening around the world, which don't make our news headlines. We also enter this Christmas period with our own conflicts too, don't we? Not necessarily violent, but disagreements, fallings out, troubles in our relationships amongst our work colleagues or our own family members or um, conflict in our own heads. We need peace from that. And for some of us, we enter this Christmas period in conflict with God. Instead of there being peace between him and us, there's confusion or fear or enmity. But into all those different kinds of conflict, God offers peace. And not just any peace, not just the absence of conflict, wonderful though that is, something better, something greater, Something the Bible calls shalom. 
Shalom or shalom is the Hebrew word that's translated in the Old Testament as peace. And the kind of basic meaning of shalom is complete or whole. So the word, when, when we look at how it's used in the Old Testament, it can refer to, for example, a completed stone wall that has no holes or no gaps, no missing stones in it. It's complete, it's all there. Shalom can also refer to something that's complex, with lots of different pieces, but it's in a state of completeness and wholeness, it's finished. Think of a, a complicated Lego set you might get for Christmas. Um, maybe one of those big Star Wars ones with hundreds and hundreds of pieces. It's very complex, but you do it and it's complete. It's in a state of shalom. My favourite TV programme is Wheeler Dealers. It's a car show. And uh, do you know what? They bring shalom to cars because they take what's broken and damaged and restore it to wholeness and completeness. Shalom can also refer to um, relationships and mental health and well-being. Because the life we live is complex, isn't it? We experience complex emotions and feelings and relationships and circumstances. And if any of these kind of get out of balance, or if any of them get broken, or if any of them aren't kind of in the right place, our shalom is negatively affected and our lives no longer are complete. We lack that wholeness, that harmony, that serenity, that peace in our minds and in our hearts. And that's what shalom refers to. It's bigger than just the absence of war. It's about this, this wholeness, this completeness. And that's the peace that God offers us. We need shalom personally. Society needs shalom. The whole world does. The good news of Christmas is that Jesus was born to introduce that peace, peace from God to us. It's a beautiful passage, isn't it? I'll read it again, even though we've read it before. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, so there's this mass of angels and they're proclaiming glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. So that's why Jesus came. But let's dig a bit deeper into the kind of peace that he offers and how he brings us God's peace. First of all, Jesus came to bring peace between us and God. Here's the thing. Our sin shatters our relationship with God and breaks apart the shalom that there is between us and God. The Bible defines sin as any attitude or action or word or thought which is in opposition to God. So sin is really rebellion against God. When we rebel by ignoring him or refusing him or disobeying him or keeping him at arm's length, instead of peace between us and God, there's enmity. 
We see that in Colossians chapter 1, verse 21, a verse from the New Testament in the Bible. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour, because of your sin. And we know about this, don't we? Because we know that if someone does something <coughs> wrong to us and we kind of have an argument with them or fall out with them, the shalom between us and that person is broken, is shattered, disappears. There's no longer peace between us. That oneness and wholeness is gone. And sin does that, not just between us and other people, but between us and God. But Jesus came to restore what was broken, to bring peace and bring reconciliation and a healing of that broken relationship between us and God. We see that in Romans chapter 5, verse 10, another verse from the New Testament. While we were God's enemies, because we were sinning against him, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. So that verse tells us that through his death on the cross, Jesus reconciles us to God. He restores shalom. Jesus exchanged the manger for the cross. Although he was sinless himself, because he was the perfect, pure son of God, he took our sin on himself. On the cross, he absorbed God's anger. He took the punishment that we deserved. And he willingly allowed, as it were, the sword of God's judgment to move off of us and to fall onto him. The Bible puts it like this. It says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That word atoning sacrifice, atonement, we can remember it by saying at one Jesus' sacrifice makes us one with God again, brings us back to him, heals the broken relationship that we've shattered because of our sin. Jesus' death on the cross means that God is no longer angry with us. We can be forgiven if we choose to accept his forgiveness. And there's peace between us and God. Here's another true story from World War I to help us understand what Jesus did. On the 1st of July, 1916, in the middle of the Battle of the Somme, a box of hand grenades slipped into a trench crowded with British soldiers. As the grenades fell, the pins of two of them were dislodged. Billy McFadseen, a 20-year-old soldier with the Royal Irish Rifles, threw himself on top of the grenades. He was killed instantly, but he saved his comrades. Because of his sacrifice, no one else was killed and only one soldier was injured. His citation for bravery read, Private McFasden, instantly realising the danger to his comrades, with heroic courage, threw himself on top of the bombs 
The bombs exploded, blowing him to pieces, but only one other man was injured. He well knew his danger, being himself a bomber, but without a moment's hesitation, he gave his life for his comrades. And the following year, McFadden's father was presented by King George V with um, his son's Victoria Cross, the British Army's highest award for bravery. Jesus willingly, heroically, and sacrificially, well knowing the danger, the pain, the suffering, the death, threw himself, as it were, on God's anger, absorbing it, taking the full force of it in our place, securing peace for us. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on, heaven, on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood, through Jesus' blood shed on the cross. God wants to make peace with us. And peace with God is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Experiencing wholeness and harmony and friendship with God is greater than anything this world can offer. It's what completes us. It's what makes us whole. It's what fulfills us in a way that nothing else can. It's what gives us comfort and joy. So I want to ask you, tonight, do you have peace with God? Is he at peace with you? Are you at peace with him? Do you know that your sins have been forgiven by him? Has your shattered shalom been mended and restored? You can know peace with God this Christmas. You just have to accept the offer of peace that he gives. It's a gift, it's the greatest gift. You know, on Christmas morning, when someone hands you a gift, you're going to accept it, aren't you? I hope. You just accept a gift, don't you? And why not accept God's gift of peace? To accept it is as simple as ABC. We just have to admit our sin and then believe in Jesus, believe that he died for me on the cross, he took the punishment I deserve and then choose to live for him in relationship with him and with God. And when we do that, we will receive God's shalom now and forever. It will last beyond death, into heaven, into eternity. So how about you? Will you accept God's peace? I want to finish off by talking about a second way that Jesus um, gives us God's peace, and, and that's by giving us internal peace. Because when our relationship with God is restored, 
we start to experience this internal peace, that is, peace in our hearts and peace in our heads, in our minds. It permeates into our souls, as it were. It reaches those parts of us that are in turmoil. It calms us, it heals us, it helps us. How? Well, the cross proves beyond doubt how much God cares for us. He cares for us so deeply, he was willing to give us what was most precious to him, the Lord Jesus. And because we're convinced of his care, we start to worry less. Because we say, God cares for me. And then the future, the unknown, that which is uncertain, that doesn't cause us to panic so much. Because we'll know that he will be with us in the future. The Bible says, I will never leave you or forsake you. It's like he grabs us by the hand and says, come with me into the future. I'll walk next to you. And then when we're faced with difficult decisions that disrupt our peace, we can bring them to him and rest in his wisdom. And when life suddenly changes and becomes a storm of scary and threatening things, we're not terrified because we're anchored to his love. And his love is a rock that doesn't change. And that is so, so good because the world is so uncertain, isn't it? Especially in recent years, it's become so unsettling what's going on. It seems that there's just loads and loads of scary things which can come out of nowhere and disrupt our peace. The last few years have been a kind of timeline of turmoil, all these things that have happened so quickly, so unexpectedly, one after the other. Add to that the anxiety in our modern world caused by climate change and social media and moral confusion and rising prices and all those things, not to mention all the stuff that's going on in our minds and in our relationships and so on that causes a disruption of peace. And that means our heads can just be filled with unease and tension and trepidation. But into all this, God speaks his peace. I love this blessing. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. The Lord blesses us with peace and that calms the storm in our heads. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I like the way it puts it. God's peace guards our hearts and minds. It it stops the whirlwind of worry consuming us. We can give our requests to God, leave them with him, knowing that he cares for us, because the cross proves that, and rest and experience his peace, which transcends understanding. Peace in our hearts and minds also comes from submitting our will to God, safe in the knowledge that if we submit our will to his will, he's not a dictator, he's a loving father. We can trust him, he's going to look after us. Peace also comes from realising and accepting that God's commands are laws of love. We sung that didn't we, in our last carol, 
they're, they're there to bless us. They're there to help us flourish and thrive. And when we take that on board, we experience peace. Oh, okay. They're good for us. They're good for society. We're not always um, in, in sort of anger against God because, oh, your commands are so restrictive. We see what they really are. And we experience peace from not having to fear death anymore. Because we know that after we die, we face God knowing that he's forgiven us and accepted us. And then we experience peace in our heads and hearts from our relationship with God. He loves us unconditionally. He forgives us. And so we learn to forgive ourselves to forgive others, to love ourselves unconditionally, to accept others as they are. And that gives us peace. As we receive, as it were, peace from heaven flows through us and out to others. This is shalom. God's peace. Come to God and experience that shalom, his safety, his security, his tranquility, his inner calm, which takes us through the storm. Will you accept God's peace this Christmas? Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus doesn't say, if you believe in me, all your troubles will disappear. He says, you will have trouble, but I'll give you my peace. I'll take you through those troubles. I'll help you. And as I finish, I just want us to remember this. We can trust Jesus for peace. Because he came in peace, right? He was born as a defenceless vulnerable baby. That was God saying, I come in peace. He lived in peace. He conquered by love, not war. He died in peace. He forgave his enemies who were crucifying as he was dying. And he rose in peace. His resurrection proves that he has the power to give us the peace that we need so much. All we have to do is accept it. Well, thank you so much for listening to me. Thank you so much for coming along tonight. Um, if you'd like to explore more about Christmas peace and the true meaning of Christmas, here are two books that I recommend to you to just dig deeper into the Christmas story. I recommend Christmas Uncut, What Really Happened and Why It Really Matters. And if you're skeptical about the whole Christmas story, about Christianity, then is Christmas unbelievable is for you. Four questions everyone should ask about the world's most famous story. Those books are available on that table down there. They're free. Do help yourself. Take one for yourself or take one or two to give to someone else. And there are some other books there and some smaller tracts uh, um, and some books for children as well. We're almost at the end of our service, so Callum is going to come and lead us in our final carol.